Hey, welcome to Ouch That Hurt. I'm your host, Felicia, and I'm so excited that you're here with me. Let's have some inspiring conversations that awaken the soul and hold some space for intentional healing. Well, let's fucking do this. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. How are you doing? There is some intense energy happening around the world right now. And I, for one, have noticed how important my routine is and protecting my energy as best I can. And if you haven't been, Here is your sign to fill your cup in whatever way feels good for you and let go some of that dense, um, dense energy that can just hold us down. Okay, before we get into things, I want to start with some admin. I am super excited to be hosting a free workshop called Change Your Narrative, The Shame Workshop. So often shame keeps us stuck in cycles of self-sabotage and self-neglect and I want to change that for you so you can get healing. This was a crucial step for me and I am offering you this workshop on April 6th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and if you can't make it or get information overloaded like I do, (laughs) I will be sending out access to the recording for anyone that signs up, which gives you another tool for your toolbox too. The link to register is in the show notes and I'm so excited to see you there. Like always, if you are interested in working with me, check out my website at www.recovermysoul.com. I keep it updated with tools, resources, and how to work with me. Um, And then, you know, if none of those suit you, come hang out with me on Instagram because I have not figured out TikTok, so I'll just be like, just staying on the Insta um, so you can come hang out. It's at Felicia Hunter with two R's, and I'd love to hear from you. Okay. Let's get into it. I want to this week talk about emotional sobriety. What is it? Can you have it without being sober? Why it matters? All the things. Let's let's get into it. My experience has been that I didn't move into recovery until I worked on the emotional sobriety piece. And I'm not just like making this up. It's a thing. It's a term. And uh, it's not just a thing for people in recovery. I say this because how many times have you let your emotions get the best of you? Whether that's excitement or anger, we can be reactive to emotions that sometimes lead us to resentment, um, expectations, and choices that really don't align with our authentic self. 
if you're getting a little anxious right now, then this episode is definitely for you. Let me simplify this for you. Okay, so emotional sobriety is your ability to manage all the negative emotions you mask or numb with substances, people, food, or hours of binge watching Netflix. But it but emotional sobriety also means like learning healthy coping strategies to deal with the discomfort associated with everyday living. And like, don't get me wrong, this doesn't mean seeing life as sunshine and rainbows or that you don't have difficult days. It just means that you know how to manage those difficult days or rainstorms without harming yourself, others, or regressing in your healing. So the most important thing you can do to achieve this skill is to admit that you have no idea how to do this. (laughs) Honestly, I was the most stubborn about this skill. Uh, I'm not as... I'm not as much as I used to be now, but I definitely wallowed in a mess of my own making for years. Yes, I went through some traumatic events, but I definitely prolonged the healing by hiding in bars and underneath men and, you know, all of those toxic behaviors that came with it. I was trying, I was, I was sitting down trying to figure out what I wanted to do this episode about. And I was trying to figure out why I was so stubborn. And I think I really just thought I knew it all. Like I knew my pain and really truly believed that A, no one else felt the way that I did. B, no person, place, or thing could take it away. And I can take that further to a C and say that maybe I also didn't want to feel better. That my pain started to feel really safe for me. And I think these three factors can be applied to so many circumstances in my life. And if I start thinking like them, like start thinking with like with leading by those thoughts that's my signal that I need to call in some extra supports so it's with love that I tell you when it comes to managing your emotions you don't know shit if you are numbing out in any way then you do not know anything um Whether it's alcohol, video games, codependency, excessive working, you are finding ways to not feel angry, stressed, sad, bored, social, loved, or whatever emotion you'd like to plug in here. I've also done the buy a self-help book and place it on my bookshelf and call it healing. I've done the bubble bath that pretends to heal all. Emotional sobriety is not is not is not that. It's not these. Emotional sobriety is intensive and hard as fuck and it's impossible to be perfect at it. 
I see this all the time too. Like people just, people justifying emotional neglect because of their level of success or intelligence. The two are not related. Just because you're an executive in the corporate world or a lawyer, whatever, does not mean that you have studied your emotions. Did that one hurt? It, it hurt for me a little bit. Okay, so if you want to get better, you'll have to drop the idea that you have it figured out by yourself. I am talking to you, my hyper-independent know-it-alls. Surrender the idea that you actually don't have a clue and then allow people who do know their shit to help you. Let's talk about what surrender does and and does not look like. So people who refuse to accept or accept help or insist on struggling through their recovery without support or help um, to dive into it this is what we would call in recovery like a dry drunk so you've stopped your behavior but not gotten to the root of why you have that behavior you are uncomfortable and miserable essentially Um, you can have dry drunk behavior with any sort of numbing agent it all works the same someone took away your binky and you're mad about it that's that's my definition <laughs> and the actual definition is like someone who feels overwhelmed as they are white knuckling through life without their crutch is this you hello welcome this character we will say doesn't go to therapy because they believe that a therapist doesn't know what they're talking about they quit going to a meeting because it's a bunch of weirdos there and I don't belong they sabotage their progress essentially fuck it I'm gonna eat the whole bag of chips or everyone's watching Netflix I can too and and that's true like we're all watching a little netty here and there but like are you using it to escape or are you just chilling there's a difference and you have to get really honest about yourself with yourself, not about yourself. Well, I guess about yourself too. I see, oh, I'm wrestling with my cat in the background. Um, I see this person who is, let's say, resistant to support, um, having a really cynical outlook on anything that could, let's say, take their binky away permanently. They hold on to emotional baggage and wallow in old grudges, reminisce in past emotions, and hold bitterness about it. So romanticizing the past, if this is drinking, it's romanticizing partying. If it's gambling, it's romanticizing the win. If it's codependency, it's romanticizing the love days and not so much the hate days. It's complete blinders on for any responsibility for how their crutch is impacting their life negatively. I was totally this person in the first phase of my recovery, overwhelmed by my misery because I thought 
by stopping drinking that my problems would magically go away. And because they didn't, I was resentful towards sobriety and quote unquote, the lie I was told. (laughs) I literally remember saying that. Um, But at the end of the day, you don't want to be this person. This person's not happy. This person is not fulfilled. They're, they are not walking through their life purposeful purpose with purpose or, um, with joy, right? Like it's kind of just like that white knuckling, which is why surrendering is key. Owning that something has power over you and that power is numbing your emotions. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit, like there's also a, there, I say all of this, but there is no shame in falling into this mindset. Like I said, I'm guilty of it through certain chapters. A lot of us are, but at the end of the day, it is your responsibility to get the tools to catch yourself behaving in ways that are counterproductive to your recovery. Even if the thought of it makes you want to punch a wall. It is still your responsibility. Um, Recovery is complicated and it sometimes gets worse before it gets better. Uh, Just in a very different way. A very different way. It's like hard to explain until you're really in it. But I promise you that it does get better. And if you can make yourself believe that, you'll be able to ride out the current storm. I posted a letter on my social media that I wrote to my substance when I was like two months sober and it was so raw and painful and I can just see how lost I was and scared that the discomfort wasn't going to go away. That was my biggest fear that I was just going to be sober and in pain. That did not happen. Quite the opposite actually but I had to feel everything to be able to heal through it. So when I'm talking about surrendering, there's, you know, when you're in 12-step rooms or um, a lot of meditative practices, like there's talks of a higher power and some sort of God figure, I guess. And that's too much for some people to swallow. It has been for me. So when I break it down, talking about control it all goes back to that who that know-it-all mentality I will take care of these emotions no one understands them no one will ever feel as bad as I feel I have this those are thoughts of control So surrender in this context means giving up control over the solutions to this particular problem does not mean that you are incapable of managing other aspects of your life. There are many, many things to which you're probably excellent at problem solving for emotions just as in one of them. And that's okay. That, and that's not a statement of judgment. That's a statement of value. That's a powerful statement to be like, oh, fuck, I don't have this. So let's get into some emotional sobriety strategies that I have picked up along the way. 
And it's no way a replacement for any therapy, coaching, or recovery program because I would highly, highly recommend working one-on-one with someone who is a match for you so that these skills are tailored to you and your specific situation. But a little is better than no help, so let me share my shit with you. I want to equip you with healthy coping strategies to manage all of these ups and downs, wacky emotions. You've, you've got all the wacky emotions you've got going on right now. But so I'm going to give you this. This is what I'm saying. I'm going to give you this, but I want the promise that you will continue to seek out your own supportive toolbox. Make it your own. Some of some things will stick. Some of them you'll be like, hell no, I'm never doing that again. But you try things, you put them in your toolbox, and you never know a certain situation will arise when you're like, oh, fuck, I really think I need to do that about this. That would really help this really specific situation that I'm in right now. Um, okay, my first one is mindfulness. I'm a huge fan of meditation and believe everyone should do it, but I'm going to focus on a slightly different aspect. So one strategy that has helped me avoid getting swept up in emotions to the point that I can no longer make heads or tails of what I'm feeling and I'm just overwhelmed and in that moment and holding on to it instead of letting the feeling go, I'm just like, letting it invade my body and brain. Mindfulness is taking a step back and detaching myself from the emotion as best I can. So this is more like noticing, like, okay, I'm noticing I'm getting really pissed off right now. If I'm hitting, if I'm hit with a strong emotion, especially out of nowhere, I stop and pay attention to it. I observe it, name it, call it out. Fuck, I'm super jealous right now. This entire process helps me diffuse the power emotions have over me. It doesn't make it vanish, but it helps me turn the intensity down. It looks something like this. So I was running late yesterday, took my garbage out, but the bag broke in the elevator on my way out. And I'm already fucking late. Okay, right now I feel hot. My heart is racing. I want to scream. I kind of want to cry. There's a lot of adrenaline in my body. I feel angry that I overbooked myself. I feel surprised because I didn't see this coming. Thankfully, it's over. I can't change the situation. I can clean it up. And I will get there when I get there. I'm fine. I'm doing the best I can. And it's okay. See, like, that's how my brain works now. Like, that's... That to me is is progress and it might sound fucking crazy, um, but it's a hell of a lot less crazy than drinking a 2-6, calling my dealer and fucking my best friend's boyfriend. So I will take mindfulness any day, any day. <laughs> my next tip would be to 
write it out. As I'm sure you've noticed, I'm a big believer in the power of journaling and writing through your feelings and experiences, considering all my books have started with started out as like writing outlets. Um, and I also just released a journal you can buy on my website. But when you're journaling consistently, I know this is a powerful tool for everyone, no matter if you're no matter like what your struggle is, basically, if you're feeling confused or overwhelmed by your feelings, write it out. Don't worry if you're making sense. Just let the words flow onto the page. It is so, so cathartic. And even if you don't solve some great personal mystery about what the route to your emotion is, you'll at least feel a little bit lighter. My third one is to find some way to redirect your energy. So have you ever just, you know, been so swept up in the emotions you literally want to run? I did. I literally packed up my place and I like moved across the province. But I don't mean in that sense. I should have channeled my energy different in that moment, right? It's your body's fight or flight response kicking in. And my suggestion to you, if you can, is to lean into it. Follow that instinct. Not to my extreme, but like run. Physically move your body. Exercise. Don't worry about time or if you're crying or how you look. Just go. Head to the gym. Dance in the kitchen. Go for a hot girl walk. Do something that allows that energy to physically escape your body. Like a toddler who gets cranky if they don't go outside or run around. Do toddlers run around? I guess maybe like a puppy. (laughs) You need to healthily release energy and emotion. Choose your outlet and, and go for it. I clearly don't have kids. Do toddlers run? Oh gosh. Okay. My last, my fourth one is to turn the volume, turn down the volume on shame. So when a wrongful action is not processed fully, it registers as a character defect and you begin to experience shame, be it an emotion or a thought. The term shame and guilt are often used interchangeably, but there's a difference. You can feel guilt for what you do. You feel shame for who you are. Because having an addiction, regardless of what it is to, it is um, incongruent with your personal values. So you can feel a profound amount of shame about yourself because of just this one aspect. So we want to turn that down. The cure to shame is to basically change our internalized shame by externalizing it. So sharing it, shedding light to it, giving it less power in our head, all of these things. Those are like my fast and easy emotional navigators. However, like it goes a lot deeper than that. You are emotionally sober when you feel comfortable in your own skin and at peace with who you are and anything external cannot alter those two things and emotions flow through you and don't change you. 
when I look at my emotional sobriety, I can see significant changes in my ability to regulate strong emotions, regulate mood, maintain a perspective on life, my ability to regulate potentially harmful behaviors, regulate my activity level. This is all regulation. Um, I can live in the present and live with deep and intimate connection. And like the last piece that came for me was resilience and the capacity to recover quickly from setbacks. This is a daily practice, learning to regulate your nervous system. It's, it's a lifelong practice, but like I said, strategies like breath work, mindfulness, asking for support can really help you get back to a regulated state. Emotional pain is just like physical pain, sending a powerful signal that something is wrong, nudging you to take action of some kind. Perhaps you need to let go of toxic relationships, quit your job, or remove a disempowering story that created suffering in your life. I did my innermost healing when I started to question my own thoughts and put meaning to emotion. Not ownership, but meaning. Okay. I'm going to leave you here because I feel like this was intense. Was it intense for you? I could be tired and hungry. See? Meaning behind the emotion. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, rate, review, subscribe, shoot me a DM, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Love you.